It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation. Sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on an Aftermath Victory Monday. As we open it up right now on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. So many good people I saw yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. Congratulations to the Raiders on a much-needed win as the Raiders now pick up their first win. Still 1-3 and three on the year, but it was a desperate win in desperate times, and now the Raiders, everybody can take a deep breath. We can have our first show in a month where we can celebrate, enjoy it, not have just insanity and negativity and take advantage of what happened yesterday. Are you with me? Can we do that today? Uh, yesterday was one of the longest broadcast days of my career. It really was. It started 9.30 in the black hole. Yeah, that's work, man. I go into the black hole to see my black hole brothers and sisters, and then I wrapped it up at 11 o'clock at night on Sirius XM with the Raider pre- and post-game. We had Tim Brown at the torch. We had Fred Bolitnikoff, Jason Horowitz, Lincoln Kennedy, Paul Gutierrez, Man, we had a busy day today, and it all came together as the Raiders beat the Donkeys and sent their fans home. I give them credit. They brought a lot of fans. I've gone to Twitter war. If you go to my pinned tweet, going right back at them, but hey, I give them credit. Fans are coming to Vegas. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm not going to the airport to, like Game of Thrones, putting up a wall with a dragon at the airport saying you can't come to Vegas. I've been Mr. Vegas a long time. Anybody can come if they want to scalp tickets and pay $400 to go to a football game. There's nothing I can do about it. Denver traveled well. They really did. And they all went home, and a lot of them passed me in the Modelo Cantina, walking past me with a minute and a half to go because they lost the game. So as I tweeted out, thank you for coming. Five in a row for the Raiders. Thanks for paying for Allegiant Stadium. Thanks for paying your hotel tax. And Denver loses again. Man, the Raiders are a pain in the butt to the Denver Broncos now. Six of seven, five in a row. Got Vic Fangio fired. And I'll tell you, this Nate Hackett's in trouble. He's in trouble because that team has absolutely no chemistry. Now, nothing, everything hasn't been perfect with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders and Derek Carr. But I, I know their plan inside the building. And I think it's a good one. And I think it's a really good game plan. Josh McDaniels is not going to get outcoached by any defensive coordinator. Let me make that clear. He's going up against Andy Reid next Monday. Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame play caller. Josh McDaniels is a Hall of Fame play caller. He won't go to the Hall of Fame as an assistant coach. He'll have to make his bones as a head coach. But he's a great play caller. Defensively, I think the Raiders got some problems other than a couple of guys who really pop off the field and do a great job. Special teams is nowhere near as good as it was last year under Rich Basaccia as the special teams coach. He's a hell of a special teams coach. This team has got some athletes that are trying to figure it out. But I was just really impressive with Josh Jacobs as we talked about him all last week. And this would be a game where he could run hard. He's run hard against Denver in the past. So we expected him to run hard again. 
When I spoke to the head coach last Thursday, he talked about how impressed he was. The fact that Josh made the trip to Nashville, they didn't think, they didn't know how much he would play, and he played more than they expected. So why is Josh uh, Jacobs doing this? A, he's playing for a contract, and B, he's a hardcore football player. Went to Alabama, plays for the famed Las Vegas Raiders, formerly the L.A. and Oakland Raiders. He wears that jersey with pride, and he ran hard yesterday. And man, Derek Carr. Derek Carr ran the football like we've been talking about for years on this show. Encouraging Derek Carr to run because we believe he can do it. And he was able to do it yesterday, and he ran with a purpose. He ran when he had to. He moved the chains. He did what we expect of him. Be an athlete, Derek. Show everybody how good of an athlete you are, and Derek did that yesterday. No interceptions, no touchdowns. You would have told me that before the game. Car throws were under 200 without a touchdown. I'd say, uh-oh, oh no, oh my. Raiders lose by double digits. But they didn't lose by double digits because Carr ran the ball and made really good decisions with the football. Mad Max Crosby, who I keep in touch with, he's just a beast. It's one of the great recent Raider draft picks. The guy is just playing at a first-round level. He's playing at a top 15 pick in the league. He's been doing that for quite some time. He has been the difference for the Raiders in that pass rush. I thought Chandler Jones played well. I really did. I watched him and isolated on him. Chandler Jones played well. He got behind the line of scrimmage multiple times. There were some penalties held against him, and he did a nice job. It was a good game for him to get going here, even though he's off to a slow start. And the return of Perryman was very important, too. Right out of the gate, first tackle of the game, got the crowd going in the game. So there's a lot to get to. What we like to do on Monday is talk about the game before we look ahead to Kansas City. We get an extra day to do that because Monday night football tonight, Rams at the 49ers, and then the Raiders play a week from Monday. I don't want to get into Kansas City today. I want to dive into that on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and really get into what the Raiders have to do to beat Kansas City But I think it's good for the organization and the fans that we celebrate this victory today. 702-365-9200. And did you see something in this game that makes it clear to you that the Raiders now finally have an identity? I think the identity of the team for me should be Devontae Adams. I think he's the best player on offense. I think the offense should run through him. But as I told you when Josh McDaniels got hired, I think the strength of this new coach is he's able to flip a game plan like he did last year in New England when they played in Buffalo, and they only threw it three times and ran the ball and beat the Bills. And I think that Josh McDaniels is excellent, not good at excellent, at installing a game plan that could be completely different. So as we talk about Kansas City this week, I think they're going to run the ball. Why wouldn't they? Josh ran it for 144 yards. It would keep Mahomes on the sideline. It did that to Russell Wilson. But with Kansas City, you got to embrace the shootout. Tom Brady last night had a plan. They wanted to run it. They wanted to eat up clock, and they couldn't. They were getting buried at home in the first quarter, and then Brady had to put it in the air almost every play and try to get back into the game. So that's about the game plan this week. If you went to the game, what jumped out at you? I loved the Don Felder Hotel California. I didn't like it. I loved it. Guy was dressed like Elvis in a white suit playing Hotel California. That was fantastic. Really good entertainment at the game. The weather was great. The tailgate was unbelievable. All the friends that I got a chance to see in the building. And thanks to everybody who came up to the torch.
holding up Modelo's, saying, JT, I have a Modelo. I said, I can't have the Modelo. We're here working. Let's get the show done, and then we can tip a Modelo. And the Raider Nation was out in full force. So congratulations to the fans who don't constantly rip on this team and rip this team and tear it when it's down and then then jump in on the bandwagon when they win and pop around telling everybody how much they love the Raiders. We talk to the Raider fans who are a little bit more consistent on this show. High, low, and then consistent. A lot of Raider fans have been hitting this team hard over the last month, and rightfully so. They hadn't won a game. So let's hear from some of those Raider fans today who have been kind of hard on the team, hard on the coach, hard on the quarterback. Let's show a level of consistency where you can come in and say, you know, I've been hard on this team, but they played hard. They ran the ball hard. Offensive line played their best game. Max Crosby's a beast. Let's get some positivity in here because I don't want my mental health to deteriorate because every show is bleeping negative and the team losing and everybody's just throwing kerosene on the fire. That's not how we're going to do it here. We're going to celebrate the victories and we're going to be critical of the losses. So let's have that energy this week and enjoy it. A week from Monday, we'll be at the M Resort. Spawn Casino, me and Eric Allen will be there for Monday Night Football right outside the Raiders Tavern and Grill. All right, let's get to some of the sound bites, the highlights of the game. And we begin with Josh Jacobs and his performance on the ground. I thought he was amazing. For years on this show, since Josh has been here, I said, you're a big-time running back in this league when you can get 120, 140 yards. Anybody can get 60 And Josh has had too many games that were in the 60s or the 50s only because they didn't give it to him enough. They weren't going to give it to him enough because they were passing it more. This was a game where Josh needed the football. He needed it heavy. He needed it often in this game. And they came right out of the gate and made a statement with him. Hollins and Waller off to the left. Broncos show blitz. The handoff is to Jacob. First through the 10. Cuts up field five. Drives forward. He's in. Touchdown, Josh Jacobs. Touchdown, Raiders. He bullied his way through the end zone on an 11-yard carry. And the Raiders take a 9-7 lead with 11.46 in the half. Jason Horowitz on all these calls, Compass Media Network. So let's stop there for a second on how important that was to give the Raiders a 10-7 lead. The Raiders won the toss and elected to receive. They didn't defer. They went on an 11-play, 60-yard drive and only got three points. And then Cortland Sutton had a five-yard touchdown and made it 7-3 to Denver. So I'm sitting in my seats at the game saying to myself and to my wife, uh-oh, the Raiders got to have a lead at the halftime here because Denver's getting the ball. And Russell Wilson is really good at clock management. So that first half, that Josh Jacobs touchdown was critical. Brandon McManus came up with a 28-yard field goal after that. But then the play of the year so far, because the Raiders don't score much on defense, it needed to happen, and it finally happened. A defensive touchdown on the Amik Robertson scoop and score. The snap and the handoff to Gordon across the 40, down to the 35, and the ball is out! And Robertson has it in his stomach, and he's racing downfield for the Raiders. 50, 45, 40, Robertson near sideline, 20, 10, defensive touchdown, Raiders! Fantastic call from Jason. Those are really good, outstanding play-by-play calls along with the great Lincoln Kennedy. Really enjoy the work that he's doing as the new voice of the Raiders there. That was a great call, and it's been a while. And the Raiders get a defensive touchdown, which was critical in this game. I don't know if they win without a defensive touchdown because Derek didn't throw a touchdown. 
They needed to get some points on defense, and they were able to pull it off in this game. Very important, huge moment in the game to get something going. Now, there was confusion on the Raider defense. As I've been pointing out, I've been saying for weeks, the middle of the field is wide open. Somebody fix the middle of the field. I told you this in Nashville. I'm telling it to you this week. What the hell's going on in the middle of the field? Why are guys running wide open on this soft, soft zone in the middle of the field until they make the adjustment? Russell Wilson's unbelievable down the middle of the field making plays. This was a play again. Raiders confused on D. Raiders, all kinds of confusion. Broncos are ready to go. They get the snap. Wilson settles, throws downfield. Wide open, hitting at the 35. Steps through a tackle, 25. And out of bounds at the 20. Trayvon Merrick finally saved a touchdown. But man, oh man, they weren't ready to go on defense. And that's a 35-yard pick. What do you mean not ready to go on defense? What are you talking about? What's with this soft zone? Over the middle of the field, figure it out. Play man-to-man more. Play a little bit harder and more physical. Jack someone up at the line of scrimmage. Put your hands on somebody. This has been a month where the middle of the field is wide open. Not open, wide open against every team. You know, we, we can say that when we talk about Kyler Murray. He causes that type of confusion. But come on here. Let's clean this up on defense with the Raiders here. That could be costly for this team if they don't figure out what the hell's going on out there. That was terrible. And I really think the mistakes on the defense and the soft coverage before the adjustments are a concern for me. Over the middle linebacker and before the safeties, the zone is wide open all year long, and I think they got to clean it up. And I'm confident they can clean it up. They have no choice but to do that. Now let's get to the car 19-yard run. I thought this was critical. I, I, was standing, I was sitting at this time with a former Raider coach who was in the stands, and we were looking at the clock. And I said to the coach, I said, Coach, they playing for a touchdown? He goes, no way. They're playing for a field goal. He was right. I thought the Raiders, with their three timeouts, they weren't going. They weren't thinking about going the length of the field. They were checking down, going underneath, and then Carr with this big scramble. Carr, back to pass. Pressure from behind. Eyes downfield. Takes off at the 40. 35-30. Still on his feet and dives forward to the 22 and a timeout taken. Derek Carr saw the pocket collapse and he got out of there for a pickup of 19 yards and josh mcdaniels gets the timeout with nine seconds to go fantastic that's all you can ask derek to do uh derek at times would throw that ball away derek at times would check down Uh, derek did what he had to do he took off and ran and he ran with a purpose he was fantastic running the football really great derek Carr deserves a lot of credit from the raider nation for being a football player in that game and running the ball as guys were trying to take him out. That was fantastic. And then Carlson came through right before the half with this big kick. 39-yard field goal for Carlson set up on the right hash. Has made 31 in a row. Good snap, solid hold. Field goal is up, and that is good to give the Raiders the lead to the locker room, 19-16. It was critical there because Denver was getting the ball, everybody. Denver was getting the ball in the second half. Russell Wilson's a damn good player, and that was a critical moment in the game. I didn't think the Raiders would win by nine points. I thought this might come down to two or three points. That Carlson kick was really important, and he got it there. He came out in the third quarter, the only scoring in the third quarter from either team, a field goal, that gave the Raiders a lead. And I looked at that lead, and I said 22-16. to I don't like that number. I don't like that number. And then another Carlson field goal made it 25-16. to 16, And you knew Russell Wilson would come back. He did. 
Uh, they scored. Russell scored on a keeper for three yards. And then it was 25-23, and I said, oh, no, oh, no, I got to do the postgame show in the Modelo Cantina. That place kind of, ooh, every time I walk down there from the press box with my computer at the end of the, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, it's a house of horrors for me. I've seen so many moments in that walk from the media elevator to Modelo. I'm saying, don't do this. I mean, I didn't, it just looked like if the Raiders went three and out or if the Raiders turned it over, Denver would milk the clock and win with one, a field goal with no time left. That wasn't the case because Josh Jacobs, it was his day. It was his day to close it out and run hard on the ground. 2.11 to go before that. Four seconds on the play clock. Cars under center. Hands it off to Jacobs. Burst through the middle. Cuts back at the five. Carries a defender. Touchdown, Raiders! Jacobs tosses it into the stands. And he might have just sealed Las Vegas' first win of the year. That was monstrous. Monstrous there that Josh Jacobs closed out the game. He was the best player on the field. Best player on the field was Josh Jacobs, and he deserved to win that game and get it done. Final call as the Silver and Black pick up their first game of the year. That final B, and the players scatter onto the field. Josh McDaniels searching for Nathaniel Hackett, the handshake. As the clock strikes zero, and it's a Vegas victory. Josh McDaniels, for the first time as head coach of the Silver and Black, gets a win. Yeah, that's a great call. Jason Horowitz on the call. Congratulations to Jason. Got his first victory as the voice of the Raiders. He was texting me as he was hanging out with Phil Villapiano, taking the red eye to Newark. And Phil called in. If you didn't catch that, foo, Phil called in to the postgame show. We have that edited version, wink, wink. Coming up here in a little bit. No, I don't want it now, Bobby. We'll get to a little bit. I want to tease that. If, if anybody didn't hear me on the post-game show, just incredible. So the Raiders win. I'm excited. Look, I'm not here jumping for joy that they're 1-3. and three. I, I don't do that. You know me. I'm not celebrating 1-3. and three, But they needed a victory. They had to have it. It's Kansas City coming up next. That's the toughest game of the year. No debate. Is either at Kansas City or at the L.A. Rams later in the year. They're the world champs. So the Raiders are going to have to put together a great game. We'll have a whole week to end up uh, talking about that, and hopefully it'll be a great week on radio again. Man, I needed this. I needed this, man. I I don't want to do this type of radio. When we're critical and I'm blowing my top and you're blowing your top, we get it. But I want you to put yourself in my shoes. I have a blessed opportunity here, and I take advantage of it. But, man, you don't want to do five, six weeks in a row of losing, interviewing the coach, coming off a loss. I I want there to be moments when we're really having a good time. And yesterday I saw that. A lot of Denver fans came there to have a good time. They had a good time. It was critical that they got sent home with the loss. Can you imagine with all the Denver fans there, if they walked off with a you know, one-second win on a McManus field goal? Can't happen. The Raiders took care of their business. Chris in West Oakland on a victory Monday starts us off on the flagship. Hey, JT. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's nice hearing you in a good mood. We get enough cranky Yankee. We don't need a red-ass Raider on Monday morning. And you're right about the, you know, I, like I said yesterday on the postgame, congratulations to Coach McDaniels on his first W. Um, before I get to all the positive, you're right. There's a couple of negatives 
the defense playing Kansas City, the secondary's got to clean things up. Um, I'm thrilled with the defensive touchdown. It's the, you said they don't do it very often. It was the Raiders' first defensive touchdown in three years. That's how rare a thing that is. And you're right. That's a completely different game because Denver's driving down to take the lead. If that does, And they're going to get the ball back to start the second half. I believe it's a completely different ball game. So my hands, hats off to the defense and Robertson for taking that to the house. Um, offensively, Jay, oh, and, and you're right about the middle of the field, but what's really alarming, especially on the play where they gave up the touchdown in the second half, is batting up the middle of the field wide open. On a first down and 30 protecting a nine-point lead, you get beat over the top. That cannot happen because you're playing Patrick Mahomes. Let's face it, Denver's offense is not very good. They're, they're, they're lucky as hell to be 2-2 two and two right now you know, because their schedule has been pretty soft. But they've got to clean the middle of the field up. I'm a firm believer they don't have great safeties. That's why they've never been able to fix the middle of the field. But let's hope that changes. Offensively, I'd like to see a little more creativity in the red zone. I thought that was going to be different. I'm still seeing too many runs up the middle on first down. I don't like all the fade passes and the little screens. You know, run a sweep, run a, run a misdirection, a bootleg, something, instead of just the standard and give Carr a chance to let a play develop. Or if you want to throw a fade, do it on first down to Devontae Adams instead of third where you got one shot and you got to kick the field goal. Um, the penalties were much better yesterday. Special teams gave up a few big returns. But overall, like I said, it doesn't matter. They needed a W yesterday, and, and they got the W, and that's all that really matters. I'm thrilled. I know you've been talking about it for a long time. Derek Carr is not unathletic. I'm not expecting this guy to be Lamar Jackson, but he can be Rich Gannon. He's more than capable on third and seven, scrambling to 12 yards, getting down and not taking a hit. Like McDaniel said in the press conference, it's not that he doesn't want Derek to run. He doesn't want him to take unnecessary hits. Just pick up the first down and move the chains. But like I said, JT, it was happy Modellos and Crown Royals yesterday. Congratulations. Yesterday was a Josh Jacobs day. I'm a firm believer in Kansas City. We don't have Darren Waller to big money. Go out and get guys like Devontae Adams because you're going to run the ball and keep Mahomes off the field. Mahomes has lost 15 regular season games since he's been a starter, JT. The average points to beat him, 37 points. Nine times in those 15 losses, teams have scored 40 points. The one time the Raiders beat Kansas City the last five, six years, they scored 40 points. Your defense isn't good enough to play the run the game ball, keep Mahomes off the field. So the offense hasn't been in sync, but I believe this is the week they've got to get it together and embrace the shootout because you're not going to beat Kansas City and put 40 points on the board by running the football with Jacobs. I'm not saying abandon the run, but the passing game's got to get cranked up, let Carr go toe-to-toe with Mahomes like he did two years ago and put 40 points on the board with long touchdowns to Aguilar and Henry Ruggs. You're not going to win the game against Kansas City 20-17, to so you better figure out a way to put 35 or 40 points on the board and that's running a little no huddle pick up the pace but we'll talk more about that later thank you my friend it's going to be a nice week yep. coming off a of w and talk to you later thanks chris appreciate it yeah we'll get into kansas city the rest of the week embrace the shootout is really important because the raiders can do that now the raiders have the players that can explode at kansas city kansas city doesn't have an elite defense i'll, I'll get through the stats on kansas city's defense coming up but the Raiders should be able to go four wide. I'm hoping Hunter Renthrow comes back. He's been in the protocol for a while. We hope he's out of it. The NFL is coming down heavy, heavy on concussion protocol as there's a couple of Raiders in the protocol and have been in the protocol, and Raiders need those guys. That's very important. 
But look, you want to run the ball with balance because the way to beat Kansas City is to work on play action and to let Josh Jacobs pick up some first downs with those second efforts. So I like the matchup. I really do. The only thing I don't love about the matchup is Kansas City's offense is just so explosive. But it's the first time we'll do a Kansas City game without Tyreek Hill. And like I said, when Tyreek Hill gets into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, with that gold jacket, there's going to be a little bit of a silver and black lining inside it because he killed the Raiders. He killed the Raiders, along with Travis Kelsey. And I'll tell you one thing Patrick Graham's going to do, if he's listening to this show or anybody else, Patrick Graham's going to take Kelsey out of the game because there's no Tyreek Hill, right? So in the past, it was pick your poison, Tyreek Hill or Kelsey, and they both got the Raiders every game. Every game they killed the Raiders. Now you, there's no excuse to let Kelsey go off because he's the one, he's the elite player there. Hopefully the Raiders do a good job on that. Eric in Vegas, dust till dawn. Thanks for checking in on a Victory Monday. Yeah, I want to enjoy this. I don't want to talk about Kansas City. We're going to do that Tuesday through Friday. You're right. You know, I got to piggyback on that tweet. You started your monologue off that tweet. Every time you tweet something that's funny, I show my wife and we start laughing our asses off. And the tweet about the Denver fans... That's the most idiotic, cockiest fan base. And if you've been to Raider games in Oakland or Los Angeles, it hasn't changed now. And this, they were vibrant and they were there. Let them go back to Denver. Let them get off the plane and let them go to their fast food restaurants that they think are five-star restaurants. I'm done with them. Glad. You know, they've, they've never beaten the Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you very much, Denver. Keep that up. You know, JT, when you get to be an old man like me, you get in your 60s, the urine breaks in the middle of the night become frequent. And what I do whenever I get up from sleep and go the 10 yards to the bathroom, is I always think about, why couldn't Max Crosby just grab Kyler Murray, throw him to the ground? Why couldn't Darren Waller catch that pass against the Titans, give us a touchdown, turn the momentum around in that game? I even go back to two years ago. Why didn't Arden Key, why do you have to sit there and face mask, face mask Fitzpatrick? He throws the ball to Matt Collins. We lose that game with 19 seconds to go. You know what I thought about last night? I thought about... Matt Crosby is knocking Russell Wilson on his arse. Yeah. I'm thinking about Josh Jacobs is going for 144 yards. And you said, what's the identity of this team in your monologue? I'm going to say something. I'm going to get off the phone. But what I see in this young kid, and I don't know if you talked about him in your monologue or not. I didn't hear you mention his name. Nate Hobbs, a fifth-round mm-hmm. draft pick, reminds me a lot of a guy named Charles Woodson, who I, uh, I indulged in his spirits a lot last night. All right, he's always around the ball, JT. He's making plays and he's making hits. Now he's not Charles Woodson, but he could be someone that could remind us of Charles Woodson, and he could be a defensive leader on this team and help out to, to cover that middle. So I'm enjoying this today, JT. I'm going to actually have a lot of Modellos and a lot of releases and think about this victory later. Thank you. Now, speaking of Modelo, I was in the Modelo Cantina with Steve Gomez, our partner a Cisco kid, the president of the Black Hole, as we were counting down that victory, tipping a Modelo. It was fun. It was fun to do it. Now, he's right about the Kansas City, excuse me, about the Arizona-Kyla Murray game. If that game, that game, there was so many ways to close out that game easily, and it was a collapse. It was a collapse with a capital C. The Raiders would be 2-2, two and two. and I think that'd be fair because realistically, best-case scenario for the Raiders were 3-2. and two. Worst case scenario was probably two and three. A lot of people think the Raiders are staring one and four after Kansas City. I'm not going to be one of those guys. I think the Raiders can put together a great game plan and win, but they're going to have to play great, not good, and with a purpose. And the coach has got to win. The running back's playing well. 
Derek Carr starting to run, something we've been asking for. And Max Crosby will get to Patrick Mahomes, I can promise you. The monologue brought to you by PT's Bar Food PT Style. Check out all their food specials available now at PT's Taverns. I was at Sierra Gold on Saturday night for my buddy Chris Bruno's birthday. He was an original hard rock bartender. He'd been with PT's, Golden Entertainment. We had a surprise birthday party for him. It was Raider themed. So all of the bartenders, all the servers wore referee jerseys with Bruno on the back. We had an unbelievable time. And then my buddy Chris came out. I let him on stage with me, came on stage and took a picture with Tim Brown at the torch. So I wanted to give a shout out to my buddy Chris connected to PT's as PT's fuels the monologue. Steph McKenzie will join us in a little bit. The rock star rock DJ who hates Denver. Doesn't dislike Denver. Hates the donkeys. We'll hear from her coming up. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black, as he called a Mad Max sack on the broadcast. And the franchise, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, one of my favorite information radio guys at about 1.30 Pacific. Coming up, the victory, JT, on the flagship of the Raiders. Empty set for Carr on second and 13. Snap. Plenty of time. Settles in behind Adams. Caught it at the 43. Breaks a tackle across midfield. And he's got a first down at the Broncos 49. Devontae Adams with 16 yards. Now has nine grabs for 100 on the day. And more importantly, a first down. That's great. Jason Horowitz on the call. JT back with you. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin team up for excellence heading with one of my Remy guys this weekend got a big weekend coming up I'm going to see my son at Arizona State they're playing Washington so I'm going to see my son in college on Saturday and Friday I'll be hosting the Simon Keith a golf tournament here in Vegas Simon Keith is the first ever professional athlete to have a heart transplant he had his second heart transplant he is a god in Vegas Most people know who Simon Keith is. If you live in Vegas, we have a bigger audience outside of Vegas for everybody listening. Just Google Simon Keith. It's one of my proudest events I get to emcee. So I'll be off on Friday. Be on, I think, for an hour. I'll be out at the Simon Keith event and emceeing the banquet afterwards where there's always a young child, a heart recipient, someone on the list, someone we're able to celebrate their life. And that's always a tear-jerking moment and a big moment for me to be on stage with Simon. Simon joined me at my Virgin Hotels podcast on Friday, along with Steve Stallworth and Dale Eels and Richard Bosworth, the owner of the property. We had a good time out there. So Simon is a priority for me this Friday. Then we get the Raiders Monday, and we'll be at the Raiders Tavern and Grill right there. Excited to be at the M Resort. All right, let's get out the passionate Raider. You know you'd hear him on a Monday coming off a win. Go ahead. Good afternoon, JT. You know what? No matter what, like like I said this morning, you know, and I'm still on it, you know, there's some things we need to fix that aren't perfect, but you know what? Yesterday, there ain't nothing to complain about, man. They went out and handled business at home against the Denver Broncos. We, and, and, and everyone that always talks about the running this, running that, we, don't, we, Kurt, we, we know that that's not what he's there for. What he did yesterday is what all we ask him to do. When the play breaks down, take off. JD, I said, JT, I said it all last week. Run the ball to set up this 
to set up, run the ball to set up the play action pass. Everything that we've been hollering about that we know as common sense football was done yesterday. Everyone did their job. There's still one little thing that I'm just concerned on, JT, is why Darren and Derek still cannot connect, man. It's just mm-hmm. every time we get a shot with them two, it's more disconnected and disconnect. So I hope that'll pan out, and I hope Josh is really thinking about keeping the other JJ around, Josh Jacobs around for a long time, and hopefully he gets another little extension because that guy, even when he's not at his best, He's still on that sideline. He's still letting them have it. He's still keeping the crowd going. He's still keeping his guys going, and that's what we need as a Raider, man. He balled out yesterday against the Denver Broncos. I loved it, JT. I, I got sick yesterday at my turn. I came home early. I got home, walked in the door. As soon as kickoff was on, watching the defense play, watching little Lameek play, the, everyone played with some passion yesterday at home. And the number two thing that I got to gripe about, JT, what was up with all that orange in Vegas, man? That was a lo- all I kept seeing was orange every time they showed the crowd, JT. Well, I mean, I, I, I was there and I saw a tremendous amount of Raider fans. I appreciate your call. There was there were Denver fans there. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. They're coming. Niner fans are coming. Patriot fans are coming. Houston fans are coming. They all want to come to Vegas. We are not ashamed of that. I don't sell my tickets. I keep my tickets for my wife and I or my kids. I don't sell my tickets. I wouldn't do it. There are Raider fans selling their tickets to Denver fans. Those are the scoundrels you should be talking to. The Raider fans who are doing that and the people that bought tickets to sell them and try to make a profit. We're going through a terrible economy now. Terrible. Stock market, inflation, gas prices. If people are selling their tickets, I think you can sell them to Raider fans. And you can go out of your way and do it. But some people are gouging Denver fans. And if a Denver fan wants to pay, you know, for $180 ticket, $400, that's why you're seeing a lot of orange in the stands. Again, you know me. I live my life. I tell you how I live it as a fan. I'm out at the tailgate. I'm at the torch. I sit in my seats. Okay? I don't sell my tickets to fans of the opposing team. Period. And there's plenty of your neighbors to the left and right that you might need to have a talk with. Or remind them when they come there for the next game in their silver and black. By the way, the two people from the Denver game or the Chicago game or the Cincinnati, who are they? Oh, I don't know. I just put them up on StubHub. Oh, really? Okay, then have a conversation with them. I'm not going to have that conversation for you. I am not here to police the Raider Nation or opposing fans. At least the Raiders are getting a tremendous amount of revenue from these fans who are coming. And we knew this all along. It's not shocking to me. We'd just like to see more Raider fans hold on to their tickets. I don't think I'm asking much for you to do that. I really don't. But there are people that are greedy, and this is a time in an economy where people are damn greedy, and they want to make money, and I'm not going to tell them how to live their lives. Live the life however you want to. Just go have a good time. Don't fight. No profanity. Don't do anything stupid that'll go viral, which we haven't been seeing in Vegas. Vegas has been a pretty clean event when it comes to all of that because they're not going to put up with any of that. They're not going to put up with any of that. Uh, Robert in Portland. Let me get out to Robert quickly here on the flagship of the Raiders. Robert, go ahead. Yeah, J- JT. Uh, I really, you know what I, I saw at the end was Raider bygone days of the big defensive ends that the Raiders mm-hmm. had. I loved watching Chandler Jones do those spin moves on bowls drawing two holding calls late. I thought that was a big deal. Finally, him showing up. Didn't get any sacks, but at least he's doing his best at the end of the game. And I also like the play 
of Diablo at times in the second half. He looks like he's starting to get it. I don't know. You know, like you say, over the middle, uh, you know, it's, it's still suspect. And when Perryman went out, I was a little disappointed, but he at least he showed up when he came in. And I hope Perryman can play uh, yeah. against, you know, with an extra day, let's just hope he can show up in KC and play because without him, it's going to be really, really tough to beat Mahomes. We've got to have a spy on that guy, as you already know. Yeah, you're right about that. Again, Diablo's a young player in the league. I think Diablo gets beat a lot. He does. They, it, Diablo's on the middle of the field in passing situations, yet I, I still don't think he's developed into that confident player yet. Jonathan Abram had a decent game. Trayvon Merrick coming off an injury for two games. And again, we'll see what happens. Uh, Paul Gutierrez an hour ago tweeted, as expected, Josh McDaniel said linebacker Denzel Perryman is in concussion protocol. I'll find out more about that when I see Coach on Thursday. The league's coming down hard on this protocol. Unless you get cleared, unless they're confident you're really clear, guys are going to sit. Look at Tua. Tua's changed the game in the protocol, and we're seeing more and more of that. We're brought to you by Tommy White and the 872 Laborers Union. Swung by their suite to see the gentlemen and women who built the stadium. They're proud partners of our show. 872 and everything they do leading this town in construction safely. Thanks to Tommy White and his entire team. Steph McKenzie will be vocal next. Snap. Jacobs through the left side, tries again, keeps his feet. He get the first? Yeah. Oh, he's awfully knees. close. They're going to mark it to the left of the 20. He needed to be this inside is a first down. the 20. This is a first down. Yeah, they gave it to him. This is a first down. When you have the grounds crew, the grounds markers moving up, that's a first down. Yes, it is. <laughs> now the best formation in football. Yep. Victory formation. That's big Lincoln Kennedy along with uh, Jason Horowitz. I'll be hosting a podcast with Q. Q Myers coming up next in Lincoln. Uh, we do that every Tuesday now. It's going to be called the Raiders Roundtable. And it's a three-man, maybe four at times. We're going to host a new podcast that will be debuting this week at Raiders.com and on all Raiders platforms. She's got a Raiders podcast, a female Raiders podcast, the greatest Raider fan who who despises Denver, the great <laughs> Steph McKenzie joins us from 97, won the point. Uh, my wife was showing me some of your pictures on Instagram. You were getting after it yesterday, huh? Oh, my God. How exciting. What a great day today is. I always tell everyone, no matter what, if those two wins are against the Broncos, one at home and one when we're in Mile High, I am a happy Raider fan. Of course, you always want to win all the games. But yesterday was pretty amazing. And you know, one of the coolest things I've been able to do lately, JT, mm -hmm. is go to different areas of the stadium and hang out with the fans. So we've been to the Raider Ambulance. And you know the history behind that, which is cool. It was born here. Um, it was an actual ambulance. And Diversion Amusements has it. Brad from those guys has it. It was really cool. It was actually served as an ambulance down at the Speedway um, mm -hmm. way back when. He bought it, restored it. Very cool thing. 
And yesterday I was actually down in Tailgate Central. So it's been pretty cool. It's been like the tour of the uh, parking lot of all the tailgates. Well, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way, the amount of Bronco fans that are there. I'm acknowledging it. They were there. They wear orange, so it's very bright. The color is very bright. Did you have any issues, any lip service? You, You and the Bronco fans don't have a good history together. Were they behaving for you? They actually were. The the ones that were sitting around us in our area were actually pretty nice. Of course, a little bit of jabbing was going on, but we shut them up. So it was awesome. I was like, God, you guys are so quiet now. What's going on? I love when they leave. You know, the Raiders have had some big wins and overtime wins and late wins. So fans stay to the end. And the Bronco fans were just desperate to get the ball back one more time. But when they knew it was mathematically over, man, they got to that Hacienda Bridge quick, man. They were out of Allegiant Stadium in a sea of orange walking back to the Strip. They do that, man. That's six out of the last seven, Steph McKenzie. Five in a row for the Raiders over the Broncos. I know, and I just have to tell you, just sitting there with the Bronco fans, of course, at first, you know, they were like, oh, it could go either way, but of course we're going to win. I mean, look at your record and the the jaw-jabbing going on back and forth. It was like, really? I don't think that's going to happen today. So I think you guys should be quiet. It was pretty loud on both sides. You said it was the loudest you ever heard the stadium, and you've been there a lot for concerts and other events. It, I Well, because you got to think, and you've been to all the games as well, but like when our offense is on, like it is traditionally throughout the NFL when you go, it's quieter, right? Mm-hmm. No, yesterday it was just loud, period, through the whole game. We talked about it on Fox and McKenzie, too. And against my better judgment, but I guess now kind of good, I took my partner in crime, Chris Fox, who's a diehard born in that area and i took him he and his wife and uh she would jump up when the broncos were excited and of course i got to jump up more because i was decked out and we were doing much better step mckenzie's our guest 97 won the point so i know you're excited you wanted to talk about car running the ball that's something you and i have talked about at length there's going to be times on third and three third and four when Devontae's doubled waller's running this go route and everybody's running with those guys Carr can easily take off and not only get the three for the first down, he can get 19. He can get 15 yards, and we saw him run with a purpose yesterday. Well, and I think yesterday's win, not only seeing him run and especially listening to him after the game, it gave him a little bit. He had a little bit of a twinkle in his eye that we really haven't seen. Like, I forgot, maybe I can run. Like, I've got to run. I've got to do better at this. And I think that that just came back to him yesterday to give him that momentum, especially going into a big game that we have going to Kansas City. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree on that. I think you've got to do everything. You've got to take out every bag of tricks to beat Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I know you were excited, too, on the scoop and score with Amik Robertson. It's been since 2019 since the Raiders had a defensive touchdown. And I think that I know that was the biggest play in the game. I don't think they win that game with Carr throwing no touchdowns without a defensive touchdown. And finally it happened at Allegiant Stadium first one well and i think that the just like again you just you could hear it from everybody all across not just raider nation not just the fans but the coaching staff the players car everybody talking yesterday to have this momentum to go into this game a for all of us we needed a win we needed a big win and we have two back-to-back in the division i mean talk about getting you know a little short end of the stick for the for the schedule this year but i do believe that we have a chance and a better chance than we did last week going into this week's game. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about Kansas City the rest of the week. Finally, I love Don Felder, and he's tight with Mark Davis. And when I got wind that he would be performing halftime and doing a six-minute Hotel California, I was with some friends up in the suite section, and I stayed there. 
and it was incredible. And he was walking around with a white leather suit on, kind of yes. looked like Elvis back in the day in Vegas. It sounded good. He had his protege up there. He had the double neck, the white double neck, doing six minutes of Hotel California. That was memorable for me. We had Santana so far this year and Don Felder. What did you think of that halftime show? Well, and that's one thing. I like to go and hang out at the Flame. I you know, mm. haven't shied away from that, and I like to go right up on it. And if you haven't been to the stadium, this is something that I think is one of the coolest things right in front of the Flame, where the entertainment is at. You can, like, actually see it right yeah. there, even if your seats aren't in front. So that's where I hung out to watch that amazing concert. with. So, so you feel pretty passionate and excited here. I'm not talking playoffs. It's one and three. Kansas right. City is a monster tough game in front of them. But just getting that first win for Josh McDaniels I think is really important. You can tell he has this team together. They've been together even though they started off 0-3. That celebration in the locker room proved that, that he has this group together. Oh, I totally agree with you on that. I do agree, too, that it has brought a lot of life. Not that we are not Raider fans through and through. You know, we always say win, lose, or tie Raider fan until we die. However, everyone's like, oh, yep, here we go, Monday night. This is going to be the game, the game of the year. Another great one with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's the toughest game of the year on the schedule, no doubt. It's the one game that you circle and say, a win would be magnificent, and they got to play a good game. they got to be in the game late. Uh, I'll let you rest up. If you feel like me after that game, you gotta get, you got to get – I was on the air till 11 o'clock last night. You were on the air starting at what time? Uh, we started at 5 o'clock this morning, and, yeah. of course, you know, the best part of my <laughs> morning today is that i got to work next to a Bronco fan who is just – licking his wounds and i was pouring the salt <laughs> i love it that's why we reached out to you today have a great rest of the week thanks for coming on go raiders steph mckenzie 97 won the point the great rock jock in the morning you have to be listening to her if you're in vegas fantastic she despises the broncos she was at the lincoln kennedy snowball game right in that section where the snowballs were coming down at lincoln and lincoln was going into the crowd and steph was there supporting lincoln kennedy man she really hates the broncos i had a couple of friends in town who are really cool people, one the sideline reporter for the Broncos, and another one, our insider, Brandon Cristal. So I had some Bronco fans that were in town Saturday night that we had a couple of drinks with over at the Cosmo, and the Broncos are in trouble now. It's not working with Nate Hackett, but they're 2-2, two and two, and Russell Wilson's eventually going to figure it out. So at some point, they're going to get, get it together, they're going to figure it out, and Russell Wilson's going to start playing pitch and catch. But how about Russell Wilson after the game? Derek and Russell Wilson exchange jerseys on the field, which is fine. They're both men of faith. They talk about their faith. I have no problem with it. Denver fans are going crazy that Russell Wilson is smiling ear to ear with the Derek Carr jersey posing on the 50-yard line. Now, he did the same thing and signed a jersey when he was in Seattle and lost. And the last I looked, they lost two games this year to the Raiders this yesterday and to Seattle for the opener. And Russell Wilson sitting there smiling, signing a jersey. Nothing wrong with that. Derek wanted to do it. They're both men of faith. Derek, I think, wrote something, some scripture or something about God on the jersey from what I heard. I love that. I love when men and women profess their faith after a game. Why wouldn't you? You have a platform. That's where you do it. Oh, but these Denver fans, they don't want to see Russell smiling with the Raider quarterback after a loss. You can do that in the tunnel. You can do it in outside the locker room. Go, go look at that on social media as it's trending. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish broadcast voice of the Raiders, is going to join us as we're brought to you by Grimaldi's. 
the best pizza I've ever had. Order the Brooklyn Bridge Pizza. 